Hey friends, welcome to season five of the Sexy Freedom Media podcast. This season, we have some exciting news. Along with our amazing host, me, Helen Edwards, we now have an incredible co-host to add to our team. Welcome January Liddell to Sexy Freedom Media podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Sexy Freedom LLC. Click the link in our show notes to learn about our upcoming women's retreat in Castaic, California in 2022, and to get your copy of the best-selling book, Nothing Sexier Than Freedom, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. This podcast is based on the freedom of expression and includes some adult language, rated R and X. The views and opinions expressed by guests are not to be taken out of content and are not the liability of the podcast and their hosts. Remember to subscribe and share. We appreciate all of your support and thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast, a place to discuss pain, passion, and pursuits. I want to feel alive, breathe, make some moves, protect the throne. This is Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining my Facebook chat with January. Super excited today to introduce this um, woman I actually have not met in person. Um, We met through email. And the way that we were talking together, she just seemed like a really amazing person to get to know. And so I invited her uh, to be on my show today. Pavita Singh is a graduate of Yale University where she received her Master of Public Health in Social and Behavioral Sciences. Her passions include mental health, youth development, education, empowerment of girls and women, reproductive health, and creative arts. Currently, Pavita works as a content writer at Converse and the director of programs and outreach at Girls Health Ed. She also has an editing business called Pavedit, Pavita Ed. I think I may have butchered that, but Pav Edita. <laughs> she has traveled 38 countries and 27 states and is excited to continue her explorational journey. She enjoys yoga, cooking, and baking, spending time with family and friends, doing puzzles, and telling funny stories and jokes. And she knows how to dance the, I, hold on, I don't want to butcher it, Bang, Bangra dance. Hopefully, she'll let us know a little bit more about that. All right. So, without further ado, I'm going to stop my screen share. Hi, everyone. All right. So, we are outside today because we are finally getting AC after a whole year. And so, uh, here I am outside. It's actually a really nice setup. Um, But I wanted to introduce Pavita. Pavita, are you there? I'm here. Should I turn my video on? Oh, yes, if you could turn your video on. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Hi, good to see you. Good to see you. Um, so, Pavita and I met because um, my book is actually, um, I'm a co-author of a book, and it's about to be published um, November 15th, I want to say Veterans Day. And Pavita is actually, look, I guess you're the editor. You help edit the content. What exactly do you do over there? Yeah, so on your project, I am the project manager. So basically, I'm helping your main author through the um, entire editorial and production and publication process. Yeah, so you and I have been emailing back and forth 
about edits and things like that and I don't remember what was said but I said oh my gosh you sound so amazing and I want to get to know you <laughs> so that's how it started so I'm um, yeah I'm thankful you're here today and and furthermore we actually have a mutual friend I hope he's watching so Dylan Rodriguez I, I haven't seen him like I said since college so that was uh, 20 years ago <laughs> It's quite a long time ago. So, um, so how do you know Dylan? So I know Dylan through his wife Setsu. Um, the the Rodriguez uh, Shigematsu family is dear friends oh, yeah. of mine. So I am originally met him through um, his wife Setsu. Uh, Setsu and I have been collaborating on um, several projects related to uh, women's empowerment and media. Awesome, awesome. Actually, that's one of the reasons why. Um, I so certain people I invite on my show because it is all about women empowerment and you, my friends. Um, I think you just had a, uh, a speak, not a speak, yeah, a speaking engagement just a few days ago, uh, talking about uh, equipping and empowering youth with the knowledge and skills to take ownership of their health and well-being. Can you tell us a little bit more about that that speaking engagement? Yeah, absolutely. So there were a couple of speaking engagements this week, but I think I, I know the one that you're referring to. So um, just to give a little background, so I I think maybe um, the, the bio you read might have been an old bio. So I was serving as the Director of Programs and Outreach at Girls Health Ed for six years. Now I'm actually the Executive Director of the organization. Oh my goodness. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So yeah, I've been the ED of the organization for little over a year now um, and a bit of background about Girls Health Ed. So we are a nonprofit organization whose mission is to foster gender equality by um, or rather advance gender equality by fostering healthy, informed and empowered decision making in adolescent girls and young women, um, particularly those in low income underserved communities mm. where they're unlikely to receive the type of programs and information we offer either in their home or their school environment. And so the way that we achieve this mission is by providing medically accurate, gender transformative and comprehensive health and sexuality education to girls and young women in schools and community centers. And so the way that our model works is that we have trained teaching fellows who are volunteers from the communities in which we uh, do our programs. And these are typically college students, graduate students or young professionals who can serve as near peer mentors to the girls and young women whom we're serving and so we train them in-house in our curriculum and then they're the ones who are working on the ground in the schools and community centers in which we operate and delivering our curriculum so we have a comprehensive curriculum that covers issues around nutrition physical activity body image self-esteem and goal setting puberty and personal care violence prevention, healthy relationships and consent, menstruation, and then for girls 12 and older, reproductive health. So currently we're active in the U.S. and in Kenya. Within the U.S. we're active in New York, D.C., L.A. and New Orleans. And mm -hmm. in Kenya we're currently active primarily in Nairobi, but also some of the surrounding cities and villages. Um, mm -hmm. We've also done some pilot programs in India and Bangladesh and hoping mm -hmm. that in the next couple of months our India program will actually become a permanent one and I'm constantly looking to expand to other areas of awesome. the US and of the world um, as well. Yeah. So that was um, basically what got me into the recent uh, talk that I did. So the context of this talk was actually about 
uh, COVID-19 and how we reach vulnerable populations, um, mm -hmm. including um, the elderly, the immunocompromised, and the youth. And mm -hmm. my um, particular topic was focused on the youth. And um, essentially, as uh, I'm sure many of the listeners know, COVID-19 has uh, damaged and reversed um, so much of the progress that has been made in terms of yeah. gender equality. Um, right. So girls and young women, especially those from low-income underserved communities, have have essentially taken the brunt of COVID-19. So what I mm -hmm. always like to say is that even if you haven't been infected, even if not everybody mm -hmm. has been infected, everybody has been affected. Right. So mm -hmm. girls and young women have been more subject to gender-based violence. They mm -hmm. um, have, you know, due to school closures, they're now um, due to stay-at-home orders, mm -hmm. more likely to be at home potentially with um, perpetrators of violence. Abusers. Mm -hmm. in, in our Kenya workshops. Mm -hmm. um, the um, increased levels of poverty have, um, you know, hindered girls, girls and young women's ability to um, hygienically and safely manage their periods. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, with lack of access to products that many of us take for granted, like pads, yeah. tampons, menstrual cups, um, mm -hmm. there, this is simply, you know, the, the um, availability and access to it has been significantly hindered for so many people mm -hmm. around the world. And mm -hmm. so many young women have had to resort to using old clothes or reusing mm -hmm. products in a hygienic way. Um, mm -hmm. They've also said that because of stay-at-home orders, they lack privacy and therefore have had mm -hmm. to use hygienic methods for, um, for managing their periods. And then, of course, with supply chain disruptions and economic mm -hmm. um, unrest, even access to mm -hmm. healthy food has been an issue for so many people and wow. so um you know providing medically accurate and gender transformative comprehensive health and sexuality education we believe at girls health that is a critical part of the solution to addressing so many of these issues and in fact it's a critical part of the solution to lifting families and communities out of poverty yeah, giving absolutely girls tools to continue with their education and thereby, mm -hmm. um, you know, continue with other opportunities that are so readily available to their male counterparts. Right, um, right. A country's economic well-being is directly tied to the health and education of its mm -hmm. girls and women. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, if girls and young women are having to drop out of school because of issues with their periods or because of bullying or because of um, you know, decrease self-confidence, then mm -hmm. they're unable to go on for higher education and thereby, mm -hmm. therefore unable to, um, you know, get jobs that allow them to contribute to their country's economy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. health and sexuality education, providing girls and young women with critical information, medically accurate, scientifically accurate information that's going to help them throughout their lives. Mm -hmm. This is the way that we, this is the way that we address these issues and so mm -hmm. many of these that have arisen as a result of the so let me i mean that was a lot and and i um i'm so happy that there is an organization out there that actually services young women young girls um especially those in low-income you know families um to have these resources and to have these you know workshops and to empower them i mean last year was hard for you know all of us all of us but even more so those that are you know that don't have the resources like some of us do so um where exactly are you where where's the headquarter yep so our headquarters is in washington dc okay um, 
And uh, currently within the US, we have programs in DC, New York, LA, and New Orleans. Um, and then we have other areas to which we would like to expand. And of course, mm -hmm. a lot of this is contingent on uh, funding, but also yeah. um, demand and um, availability of teaching fellows. So a lot of different um, factors contribute to where we're able to expand to and when. But definitely our long-term vision, we would love to be in every major city, even not so yeah. major cities. Um, mm -hmm. We actually recently received a grant to be able to digitize our curriculum so that we can uh, offer it virtually to girls mm -hmm. and women in some of the harder to reach areas. So that's um, definitely on our priority list as well. So I'm, I'm guessing that all of this is free, right? It's complimentary to all the girls. Now, how do you find these, these girls, these women? Yeah, so we conduct outreach with schools and community centers mm. in the areas that we serve. Um, mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, our primary target is those in low-income underserved communities. Yeah. So yeah. within each of the cities I mentioned, we do research on the different neighborhoods, the demographics mm. of those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, some of the metrics that we use for identifying schools are, are at least 50% of the students on free or reduced price lunch. Mm. Um, in which neighborhoods are these schools located? Is the... Mm. Um, the average household income of that neighborhood below the federal poverty mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. um, another thing which, I mean, I know that you're familiar with from your studies with Dylan, um, you know, unfortunately, race and socio race and ethnicity and socioeconomic status are very highly correlated. Um, and right. the majority of the girls whom we're serving in our U.S. communities are from Black and Latina um, right. backgrounds. It's a, a little different here in Hawaii since, you know, it's a very um, mixed culture over here. So we still face the same issue in terms of, um, you know, low income and women and children not getting the accurate resources that they need, you know, and uh, uh, even even just uplifting them as females, you know, I, it's not really, I guess, not as prevalent here. Um, so. I, Later on, I'd love to get to know a little bit how to, you know, form a uh, girls health ed here in Hawaii. That would be wonderful. So we'll talk about it after. Um, I love that you work with the girls. Uh, are you working t hand in hand with them or are you behind the scenes? What exactly is your role? Yeah, so my personal role, I have seen this organization from the very beginning. So mm -hmm. I joined maybe I joined in its infancy, maybe a year or so um, in mm -hmm. in its founding. Um, and I, as um, you mentioned in my bio, I started off as the director of programs and outreach, and I actually started off as a volunteer. So when I was first starting off, I did have opportunities to work directly um, mm -hmm. with the girls. Um, a couple of years ago, I had the incredible opportunity to travel to Kenya um, to help establish our programs there. And there I mm -hmm. actually got to work directly with girls, um, some girls in a remote village about six hours outside of Nairobi, and then some girls mm -hmm. in uh, a slum in, in Nairobi itself. Um, both incredible experiences and I got to teach workshops about um, self-esteem and you know it's incredible some of the questions that the girls were asking like um, in the village that I visited there's such a um, a cultural norm to you know take girls out of school early and get them mm. married and, and and so they have questions about how do we how do we change the conversation around that and how do we yeah. encourage girls to actually 
stay with their education. Um, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. my workshops in Nairobi touched on that as well. But um, the the more prevalent issue there we talked about was menstruation and, and reproductive mm-hmm. health. So we talked a lot about the use of pads, both reusable pads and, and, and disposable pads and menstruation wow. hygiene. So, I, I have had the opportunity to work directly with the girls um, and mm. young women. Um, as I have evolved in my role with the organization, mm. I um, am taking more of a high-level role now in which mm-hmm. I'm kind of managing all aspects yeah. of the organization. And that yeah, does yeah. include our programs, but um, I guess you could say I, in an unfortunate way, I'm not working quite as directly with the girls, but I That's do right. have access to all of our teaching fellows um, mm. who share some really incredible anecdotes and um, mm. uh, you know a- anecdotes and stories about their experiences working with the girls. So it's wow. unfortunate in the sense that I do miss having that direct interaction with them, mm-hmm. but it's also fortunate in the way that now um, you know we're really building upon this movement and um, you know training others to to then train the girls themselves right. to pass that information on to others in their communities. And we do have. Um, anecdotal evidence that demonstrates mm. that the girls are doing that. Um, right. There's this one powerful story that stands out to me where a group of boys in one of the community centers was bullying a group of girls because they had had their periods. And mm. the girls that participated in our workshops were actually able to step in and educate mm. the boys about what periods were and why they happen and therefore wow. stop bullying. So that's wow. just, um, you know, a it, it demonstrates that our workshops are not only having an impact mm-hmm. on the girls and young women themselves, mm-hmm. but they're actually mm-hmm. sharing that information with their classmates, with their friends, with their communities, and therefore wow. building healthier and safer spaces for for all those um, involved. And so mm-hmm. I think that kind of movement building and giving others op- like leadership opportunities to work mm-hmm. directly um, with the girls and then therefore empowering those girls to take on mm-hmm. leadership opportunities within their communities. I think that's a beautiful thing. That is. Uh, and where is, was that in Kenya or was that here in the States? Yeah, that, that was actually here in the States. That was in Washington. Here in the States. Interesting. Um, it, I find it interesting because, you know, when we're, I remember when I was in fifth grade, that's when we learned about the reproductive system. So it boggles my mind why the boys were bullying these girls it, you know like I I guess for me I'm like how, how why how did this come about and I didn't even realize that was such a thing but I'm sure you have many other stories um, and it's good to know that uh, the girls are actually retaining all that information that you know you folks have taught them and they're now feeling empowered to just step up and 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 not take that bullying so yay very happy to hear that <laughs> um, I'm so glad that we're talking about Girls Ed. I actually wanted, or Girls Health Ed, I wanted to talk to you about your writing, but I feel like the Girls Health Ed is a little bit more poignant at this point uh, for us to discuss because um, I feel like um, t- you know, TikTok, right? TikTok, social media, these are all like uh, vehicles for, for women, for girls to really like look at, even when we were younger, I'm sure, you know, we looked at magazines, we looked at certain things and we had a certain self-image about ourselves um, based upon what we saw on, you know, uh, in the magazines and on TV. And so I'm wondering with your information, are you, or do you feel like you have, you're trying, you're changing the world. You're changing like these ideas of these girls and really um, setting them up to be equal, you know, with the boys. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I love what you said about the media and about social media. That's um, that's actually one of my favorite uh, components of what we do. So we have mm. an entire section in our curriculum all about body image and self-esteem yeah. and goal setting. And so we touch on the role that that media can play in our perception of ourselves. And 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 you know, speaking of that, we you know, one of the big issues that we're addressing is, is bullying. Um, uh, one of the girls reported um, that she has experienced bullying because of how she looks. Um, another mm. girl shared that she didn't think that she had any friends because of how she looks. Mm. Um, and this is one of my favorite uh, statistics that I like to share as a result of our workshops. 95% mm. of the girls, or I think more than 95% of the girls re uh, report feeling more confident that they have positive qualities outside of how they look. Okay. Um, but mm. yes, I think everything that we're doing is helping the girls to become equal to the boys. So our theory mm. of change is based on this idea that during puberty, during adolescence, I think this is something that all of our listeners remember. Everybody exhibits a drop in confidence during puberty. You know, Absolutely. Um, mm. You know, you don't necessarily always know what's going on with your body, even mm. if you had comprehensive health and sexuality education mm. like I did. Sometimes mm. there, there are unexpected things that happen. So everybody mm. exhibits a drop in puberty. But what research kind of that by the time they reach young adulthood, young men are more likely to get that confidence back, whereas young yeah. women are not. And right. this leads to a gender confidence gap throughout the lifespan. Mm -hmm. And of course, that lead, that's associated with all of the other issues that we were talking about at the top of the show, whether that be mm -hmm. school dropout and um, you know academic um, achievement, mm -hmm. uh, you know opportunities in the economy. So all of that is connected, right? So. Mm -hmm. So the, our theory of change is based on this idea that if we're able to reach girls and young women at this critical time in their lives, and in mm. fact, even before this critical time in their lives, before they start experiencing issues around mm. menstruation, puberty, dating yeah. and relationships, body image and self-esteem issues, mm. and really equip them with this information, then that sets them up for, you know, not only healthier outcomes uh, healthier uh, physical health outcomes and less risk of chronic and infectious diseases mm -hmm. but then that also sets them up for better confidence better uh, you know higher self-esteem better academic outcomes better um you know sense of self and and therefore being able to participate in the opportunities that might not have previously been available to them because of that drop in confidence so so yeah mm -hmm. that that is basically our, our theory of change and that is how we operate and we're envisioning a, a world in which girls and young women feel confident in themselves and love themselves and have that same access to opportunities that their male consciousness. Absolutely. So I have a daughter and prior to having a daughter, I was a mom to a son and that's all I knew. And uh, um, when I got pregnant with her, I was like, oh my goodness, how am I supposed to be a mom to a girl? Okay. So that kind of brought about a lot of like, um, I guess like self-esteem, you know, issues about me being a woman, you know, I'm like, what is it like to be a woman? Cause I know what it's like to be a boy's mom, but I didn't know what it's like to be a girl's mom. So my daughter has brought out a lot of the feminine side, you know, of me. And so as a mom, and I know there's a lot of moms that are watching uh, right now, um, moms to girls, to daughters, it's really important for us to be that role model you know, for them. And so even as an adult, I'm still growing, I'm still learning, you know, and um, I think uh, what you're doing, Pavita, is is wonderful. I think it's a wonderful cause. It's a wonderful mission. Um, 
I think a lot of us women are like hiding, you know, behind our responsibilities, hiding behind our duties, hiding behind, um, you know, just this, this wall, you know, that we've built upon ourselves because, because of that self-esteem issues that we had, you know, when we were younger. And so even for adults, Pavita, I hope that you have something for adult women as well, because I think there's many of us adult women that still need to cultivate and nurture who we are inside. Um, and I know I'm saying this like right in the middle of our show, but I have partnered with Sexy Freedom LLC. So Sexy Freedom Podcast. Uh, her name is Helen Edwards. She and I are going to be co-host uh, on this amazing podcast. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited. Pavita, you're going to be our my first <laughs> my first podcast on her show. So I'm, I'm really excited. So we're reaching out at, on a broader audience, a broader level, broader scale. And so... Um, I hope that your mission with Girls Health Ed will grow to more than, because it sounds like you're only in five states. Is that right? Uh, yes. At present, we're in, yeah, about four states and then the four Washington, yeah. D.C. area that includes yeah. D.C. and Maryland. So, yeah, about four or five states. So, we have 45 more to go. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I want to transition. Um, I read some of your um, elephant journals, and I was trying to read it all, but I couldn't because you have to be a member. So I want to know what are the uh, what are where is my question? Uh, I would like to know the three creative activities to enhance positive self-image because that was one of your articles. Ooh, yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> been a while since I wrote for elephant, so let me actually. Um, pull that up okay um, yeah and guys, well yeah mm -hmm. i do remember writing that um that article and there are some activities um from there that we actually do mm. um with the girls in uh, yeah. workshops um you had a lot of articles i was very impressed um what inspires you to write while you're looking for that yeah, and it looks like I'm having trouble getting into my elephant. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, well then. I know but, I can share one of the activities, though. Okay. Because um, uh, that's one that's one of my favorite activities that we um. do with um, the girls and young women um, in our in our workshops. Um, so basically, one activity is you give the girls a sheet of paper and you have them imagine that it's a mirror. And um, or you can even have them imagine that it's a magic mirror where they see where they draw all of the positive things that they see about themselves in this mm. mirror. And they could choose to take either a very physical, literal approach or they could choose to look beyond the physical and think about what are their internal qualities about themselves um, mm. that they love. Um, and then, you know, going on that theme of the magic mirror, you could have them actually draw what they see their future self looking like based mm. on their goals, their passions, their hobbies, their mm -hmm. interests. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that, that's one of my uh, favorite activities that we do with um, the girls. And we do that as part mm -hmm. of the body image and self-esteem yeah. uh, workshop. And, it, and it's a definitely a favorite activity um, okay. that, that the girls um, enjoy because it, you know, just it really, it helps you, you know, just think beyond the here and now and think about mm -hmm. where that you want to be and just realize mm -hmm. that you do have that power within you to manifest your goals and that right. nothing is out of reach for you. Um, and that um. all of that power is truly within you. Um, in terms of what inspires me to write, um, 
Yeah, you know, I discovered Elephant Journal a few years ago, I want to say about 2015. And um, yeah, it was just kind of a time in my life where I was going through a lot of stuff. And I I, I, think I found it on Facebook, um, ah. probably some, some common friends and just mm. came across a lot of the articles and then decided that I wanted to write for them as well. I've, I've always enjoyed writing. It's, it's been always um, uh, an interest and a skill and a, a passion mm. of mine. So, mm. And and I think it's, it's just such a such a critical part of healing. So mm. that's actually, um, I, I suppose that's actually a good transition into talking about my book. Um, I was just going to say, yes. <laughs> All the magic in me. And a lot of what's in here is actually rooted in Elephant Journal, which is where yeah. I got my start in writing. So in 2016, I I went through um, actually kind of a traumatic um, event in my life. And mm. it was also during that time that I had um, discovered Elephant Journal. I had also just quit my full-time job at a biotech startup that I was working at and mm. didn't really quite know what my next steps were professionally. But I saw that Elephant Journal had this mm. apprenticeship program and I immediately jumped on that. Mm. So um, essentially it, um, it allowed us to cultivate our skills in writing, editing, mm -hmm. and social media management, all while going about living a mindful and healthy life. So mm -hmm. Elephant Journal is all about mindfulness and healthy living Love and making it. the world and ourselves better. So doing all of that through writing and editing and social media management just sounded like a just a perfect fit for everything that was yes. my life at the time. Um, and so one of our assignments as part of the apprenticeship was to write a poem. And I, as a way of coping with the stuff that I was experiencing at the time, wrote a poem called Fear Anger. And the um, poem was actually one of my first realizations because I, I have struggled with anxiety and depression for a large um, majority of my life. And I think that's, that's pretty public by now because now I, I'm very comfortable sharing it. And in fact, I... I think that it's important to share it because that's mm -hmm. the that's the way that we break mm -hmm. the stigma surrounding mental health issues. Absolutely. Um, and so, even though I I had gone through um, experiences with anxiety and depression, anger was never really an emotion that was at the forefront of my psyche. But for the first time in my life, it was, and it was really mm -hmm. in the here and now, and and almost I would say dominating everything um, mm -hmm. in my life at the time. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of my first realizations that you know, that we don't necessarily have to avoid negative emotions like the plague. In fact, if we actually invite them and, and learn to sit with them um, and, and maybe just think about what is the role that they're trying to play at this mm -hmm. particular point in our lives and what is it that they might be trying to teach us, mm -hmm. that is actually much more healing than, you know, simply avoiding them and, and pushing them under the rug. And, you know, That's we're true. living in a time when you know, we're seeing, a, we're being inundated with a lot of messages on on social media, and in fact, mm -hmm. even you know, with with Elephant Journal, this is a lot of what we would do was put positive messages and positive quotes on social media to mm -hmm. you know help inspire others, which I think is a beautiful thing, and it, it's mm -hmm. well intentioned and it's a good thing. But I think too much of those positive vibes, good vibes only, feel good messages could be quite harmful because it, in mm -hmm. a way, it kind of um, encourages people to mask their negative emotions and mm. um and you know only show or focus on the positive side of things but mm. when we do that we forget that first of all negative emotions are 
a very real and authentic part of the human mm -hmm. experience and mm -hmm. therefore shouldn't be shunned because that's just part of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. That's part of mm -hmm. what makes us, you know, alive. And yeah. so there's that that component of it. But also, if we don't address those negative issues, then then how are we ever going to heal? And if we mask mm -hmm. those negative issues, then negative emotions, then that can actually later on manifest in um, you know, physical health issues and, and mm. mental health issues. So yeah. all of that um, combined with some other experiences that I talk about in my book um, uh, led to this uh, collection. Um, it's a poetry mm -hmm. collection called To All the Magic in Me, a mm -hmm. collection of love letters to all of life's emotions. So basically there's 61 poems in here and each mm -hmm. poem is structured as a love letter to a mm -hmm. different emotion. And this collection includes the whole range of emotions, so both mm -hmm. positive and negative. Mm -hmm. And essentially the message that I'm trying to get across is that however you're feeling at any point in time is okay. Yeah. You don't have to justify it to anybody. You don't have to justify it to yourself. Whatever you're feeling is okay and it's valid. Mm -hmm. And most likely yeah. it has something to teach you and has some sort of positive role to play, even mm -hmm. if you might not be able to see it right now. Yeah. And so if we can learn to appreciate what those negative emotions are trying to teach us or do for us and learn to see the light in those, then that mm. actually, I believe, sets us up for much more positive mental health than just, you know, surrounding ourselves with good vibes or positive vibes only Absolutely. Um, messages. And I think another uh, thing that I try to get across in this book is that emotions are just so complex and definitely not mm. black and white so just in the same way that not all negative emotions are 100 percent negative not mm -hmm. all positive emotions are 100 percent positive mm -hmm, and so we mm -hmm. learn to appreciate that complexity and sometimes even contradictory nature of, of our emotions because mm -hmm. it's entirely possible to hold in your heart and in your soul mm -hmm. multiple seemingly competing mm -hmm. emotions at the same time well, we are humans. So as humans, we're not just one thing. There's a whole gamut of things about us. And um, what you are saying reminds me of that Disney movie. Um, Inside Out. Inside Out. Inside Out. Because I'm a lot like Joy, right? Joy is just joy. Doesn't mean that I have. I don't have any negative feelings. I, I do actually. I have a lot of negative feelings. It's just not as surface as my positive one. But that movie really showcased um what you're talking about that it is important to validate all of the different feelings that we are feeling not just one um i think it, just like in life and in health and well-being it's all about moderation right it's not just like all or nothing it's a little bit of it's like a buffet there's a little bit of everything and we just have to just enjoy it right and that's just that's just the way that life goes and and uh, embrace it we just have to embrace it because you're right those negative outcomes those negative experiences those negative emotions um roller coasters that we're feeling are all normal they're all just a part of who we are so it's 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 amazing i love that you talk about that about that in your book i did buy your book by the way but it's like taking forever to get here <laughs> so i did buy it though so i'm excited to read it hopefully you can sign it for me one day i can like see you in person because you're gonna come here to hawaii right absolutely <laughs> <laughs> can you read us one of your poems absolutely so awesome. i don't know if you had a specific request if not i'm happy to also just open it up to a page and see what the universe wants us to read today. yes let's do that let's just open it up and just 
let's ma let magic happen. <laughs> All right. Dear hypocrisy, dear hypocrisy, sometimes you get lazy or maybe just confused and you don't always correctly match my actions with my words. I might do one thing, say another, say one thing, do another, not because I'm dishonest, but because I'm human, mm -hmm. imperfect, complex, evolving, mm -hmm. real. You remind me that life is not black and white. Mm -hmm. Doing the right thing is not always easy. It is a winding, fixed process. Other emotions or life circumstances might get in my way. Sometimes that's okay. Maybe not forever, but right now. Nonetheless, you alert me when my alignment is off, when the puzzle pieces don't fit, getting me to try to do better next time. Thank you, hypocrisy. That is awesome. I love it. I can't wait to read the rest. <laughs> oh, well, I, so if you can later post a link, you know, um, below this message or below this post and post a link where we can buy it. That would be great. Um, and how, how do we get a hold of you, Pavita? Yeah, so you can buy my book at magicwithpavita.com if you're here in the U.S. If you're outside of the U.S., you can get it on Amazon. Um, also, if you prefer ebooks, you can get it on Amazon. But magicwithpavita.com is the main link. In terms of how you can get a hold of me, uh, definitely Facebook, Instagram. I can also put my Instagram account um, in the um, chat. But basically, it's power.pav.girl. Um, you can also send me an email at info at girlshealthed.org. Um, and reach out to me via Girls Health Ed uh, social media channels. We're just at Girls Health Ed. Awesome. Okay, and one last thing. Um, I may have to end the show a little bit early because my AC guys are saying they're almost done. So, uh, I saw that you did Bangra class. Can yes. you tell me more about that? Because that looks like so much fun. It is so much fun. <laughs> it is such a high energy and just joyful dance. So, Bhangra um, originates from India, from the uh, state of Punjab, which is located in northern India. And originally, um, this dance uh, formed as a, as a celebration of the harvest. Um, and so, so Punjabis, um, in ancient, and even today, but in, in ancient times, were known to be farmers. Um, and so it um, started off essentially as a celebration of the harvest. And then from there, um, you know, has just evolved over time to be one of the most popular uh, dance styles in the world. I know it's one of certainly one of the most lively uh, dance yes. styles in the world. Um, I have the pleasure of taking classes here in New York City once a week with Learn Fungra. Um, and um, they also have an awesome Instagram um, and, and Facebook page and, and website, Learn Fungra. Um, but yeah, that um, is something I do. In addition to Pangra, I also take um, belly hip hop uh, fusion classes one on one. Um, wow. I do dance fitness classes. <laughs> well, you are fun. See, this is why I wanted to interview because I'm like, hmm, she looks, she sounds amazing. And then I saw you dancing, I'm like, oh, I want to dance with her now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when I go to New York, because it sounds like you're in New York. I'm in New York, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I was, yeah, I was like, hmm, is she in New York or LA? You're in New York. Yes, that is one stop that we're trying to make. So, 
thank you so much for joining me on my show, Pavita. I really appreciate you. You shared so much, and um, I'm really interested to learn a little bit more about girls' health ed and to see if we can bring it here to Hawaii. I think that'd be amazing if we could bring it here. I'm getting chicken skin just thinking about it. Um, but we'll talk, we'll talk more later. But thank you, everybody, and thank you to all the listeners. Um, I appreciate you. I'm January Liddell, Sexy Freedom, and Chat with January. Aloha. Have a great day. Want to hear more? Duh. Visit us at sexyfreedommedia.com.